You can get questions answered like... How long does it take the average man to orgasm? And... How long does it take the average woman to orgasm? And also... Why is it so hot in here? Audiences agree. It's brilliantly funny. Raylene makes sex ed fun. This show is entertaining, factual, and relatable. There's nothing worse than being halfway done with sex and feeling your vagina shut down on you. <laughs> You've got to see stand-up comedy sex ed. I am ready to go do that comedy show. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of the Stand-Up Comedy Sex Ed podcast hosted by Raylene Taskowski and some other guest. And today's guest is Lori Rachel, which I never confirmed if that was the right way to say her name. <laughs> it's actually uh, Reichel. It's Reichel. Reichel. Rhymes with Michael. Okay. And I would have gotten that because my husband's name is Michael. Uh, she's a former school health teacher, which I'm excited about because you know that sometimes we take them to task on this podcast. She loves to provide tools to help families have conversations about real life events like puberty. Uh, she's the creator of the Talk Puberty app and author of Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, a Mom's Choice Award winner. And she has a website a podcast called Puberty Prof. And she is also the 2010 Health Teacher of the Year named by Shape America. So this woman knows how to talk to kids about sex, and I'm super excited to have her on the show. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for having me. When, uh, when our mutual friend connected us and told me what you do, I was like, this is fantastic. Because in my podcast, my number one downloaded episode by like, like, I would say three, four, 500% higher than every other one is how to talk to your kids about sex. Mm. And, and that was just me and another guy just bullshit about how we talk to our kids about sex. You know, there wasn't any actual, you know, like the doctors say you should do this, no. No. <laughs> but I've also had a lot of uh, health teachers, a lot of people talking about the trauma caused by their health teacher, their sexual health teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe I've done that. I am connected with a lot of my former middle school people. Some of them are in their thirties now and they remember a very safe environment for the most part that they felt like they could ask me any question. Uh, I remember some of the questions. That's why when I would teach about puberty and other topics, sexual health topics, I would collect their questions. And I always wanted to put it together in a book, which that's common questions children ask about puberty. That's that book. But there was just something about having a comfortable environment. And it's really neat. I believe I still do that at the college level now, because now I train future teachers how to talk about all these health topics. Yeah. And One thing that we've come across is that we got a lot of people, especially high school teachers, teaching about sex, but they're not trained to teach about sex. It's just yep. part of a curriculum. And mm -hmm. they do a lot of damage because they're in a position of power and they're saying things and kids are absorbing it and thinking that that's the be all end all. Yeah. And especially if they are, you know, not straight, you know, yeah. if they're gay, lesbian, transgender, and, you know, they're getting information from some dude who happens to be their gym teacher. Yeah. And they're, you know, yeah. it, it makes a mess. <laughs> yeah. Well, to let you know, SHAPE, um, that's the Society of Health and Physical Educators uh, in the United States. Uh, I actually am chairing a committee for them for a sex ed statement that teachers can have and show it to their administrators or administrators can use with the, the public, the families. 
and it supports healthy human sexuality conversations in the classroom, what's going to be taught, including uh, communication skills, decision-making skills, that kind of thing. Um, certainly, I did not know how um, things are taught. Um, I knew that when I taught back in New York, because I'm originally from New York, um, I would teach <laughs> in schools that actually allowed us to have this comprehensive um, education being taught. And I remember being at the high school where I had a student that's like, we were going over steps how to properly use a condom. And he's like, you know, my girlfriend's school district, 20 minutes away, it's abstinence only. And people are walking around pregnant, but the teachers are not allowed to teach it. So he was the one that actually went and taught his girlfriend's friends how to properly use condoms. Right. And that's, that's amazing. That to me is incredible. And I didn't know until later when I went to Texas for my doctorate, I went to Texas A&M and I was interviewing uh, college students to hear what they learned because this was practice research. I was amazed that they were told things and in the state of Texas at that time, you don't have to teach about medically accurate information. That blows my mind away. Yeah, if you want to do some research, look up what states require um, medically accurate information, medically accurate, if I can say it correctly, not all of them do. Wow, that's yeah, kind of mind blowing. Like, I didn't say anything because my I think my face was just like, what? <laughs> but you know what, to be fair, Texas is one of the places where you have to be careful if you sell sex toys. Yeah. You know, like you're only allowed to have, you know, they have to be called educational items. You can't ever say that they're uh, anything medical related. Like you're not even supposed to say that you can have an orgasm with them. And you're only, you're not technically allowed to have more than five in stock, but I, or that might've, might've been overchanged since I started with my company, but yes, you weren't even technically allowed to have them. Mm -hmm. And every now and then they would just bust into a sex toy store and arrest everybody because they could. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I didn't see that there, but I was amazed even when I was there, um, they had testing on campus for HIV and they advertised it as confidential. No, they advertised it as anonymous um, where the testing site was. And it turned out it was confidential. And they were asking people for their names, their addresses, and their social social security number. Oh. And I was like, whoa, Big Brother is watching. Yeah, uh, and that's not it, confidential. No, that's not. So that's where um, it's just really interesting how states do things. And when I spoke to somebody at the state department, they were like, we've never had an issue like this before. Somebody was questioning where they can go for anonymous testing. And I'm like, I'm from New York you call up the 800 number and they say, go here, go here. You know, you can have it confidentially uh, and they'll explain the difference between confidential and anonymous. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, it is kind of scary. Like I've talked to obviously a number of people about sex over this podcast and the, the information that they get is varied and some of it is flat out wrong yeah. and it cannot be healthy. And the number of people growing up not even knowing their own anatomy like I've done parties where people think their clitoris and their cervix is the same thing yeah. I'm like uh mm -hmm. they're not even near each other no I mean technically no. they are but there's an entire body in between where one is and where the other one is <laughs> they're yep. near but you would have to go through some skin some muscles some blood you know they're not close yeah. 
Actually, I loved when I didn't have to separate children like that. It was like, okay, this is part of a health class. So I would have all the students together and we'd say, okay, let's talk about changes that all children basically experience for puberty and, you know, the, the hair growth and the body odor. And we talk about how do you tell your friend that they smell and all. Um, and I would love doing that because some kids would be like, well, you tell your friend you stink. And then I'd look at that child and go, so if you stunk, you want me to say you stink? And he, no, 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 no. You know, so it <laughs> takes them a little bit to process. How do you properly or nicely say that stuff? And um, but then when we talked about changes that most boys experience and most girls, it was comfortable. I mean, to have a child ask a question of, so I think I'm I'm peeing in my bed. And it's like, no, you're having a wet dream. And nobody laughed. Nobody. And I remember this, I think it was in the fifth grade. Nobody laughed. That's the environment that a lot of us are able to create where, you know, sometimes we're, we don't know all the answers all the time. As right. an adult, I don't. So I want you to feel that you can ask questions. I want you to feel comfortable with who you are. And, and you so can ask you me the, the most bizarrest or whatever, as long as it's on the topic of puberty, we, we went there. So did you have them write the questions down so that you could shuffle them and nobody knew who was actually asking the question? Yep, yep. That's a good they would idea. do it anonymously. I actually, even teaching in um, at, uh, at the uh, graduate or undergraduate level, I still have them do that. And I give them credit. It's, um, it's a... Um, it's a way that I do it. Uh, they can get whatever kind of credit I give. And I want them to feel that they can ask any question because they have the right to have the best information they can. And in school health, if it's updated school health, they're supposed to be taught skills, which includes accessing reliable resources. That's one of our right. standards. Yeah. Because, and I was looking it up because I'm not, I don't recall numbers very well, but according to I don't know if I say this correctly, Gutmaker, Gutmaker uh, Institute, there are 39 states and the District of Columbia that mandate sex ed and HIV, um, but uh, it's 28 states in DC that mandate both. There are two that mandate only sex ed, nine that mandate only HIV, um, and 17 states require the program content to be medically accurate. That's good. But I mean, I wish it was more states. It's, yes. it's not good that it's only that many. Yeah. yeah. And if anybody wanted to go, um, this organization, again, I, I don't enunciate things all the time correctly. Okay. Goat maker, goop maker. Um, they have this chart which breaks down the states about what is supposed to be taught and what's not supposed to be taught. And I challenge you to explore. There's some states that have some funky little rules in there. My college students usually flip out. And I'm like, this is why a lot of you are going into community health, public health, and you're going to advocate for positive change. Right. Um, how do you spell that? Is it G-U-T-T-M-A-C-H-E-R? Okay. Yeah. Good thing. So I wasn't going to get that. <laughs> I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to guess that one correctly. Yeah, that's, that is one of the problems. I, I see every now and then I'll see somebody and it'll be something that go, goes viral because kindergarten, first, second, third grade, they're teaching the proper body part names yeah. and, and a parent will freak out about it. And they'll be like, yeah. look at this trash. They're turning our children. And I'm like, what, I, why didn't you teach them the proper body part names, dumbass? You know? And, well, um, 
I remember somebody freaking out because uh, at like 16 or something, uh, their doctor recommended that their daughter go to an OBGYN and the dad was freaking out saying, you know, oh, nobody needs to be looking at my daughter's private parts and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, then how do you know they're developing properly? How do yeah. you know that her period is right? How do you know that her hymen isn't uh, messed up in some sort of way? Because I'm obsessed with imperforate hymens right now. So that always comes up. I'm like, how do you know? I, that's just, do you get upset when you go to the doctor and they say, say, ah, yeah, it's just, it's just another piece of your body. It's not sexual, you dumbass. And I just want to beat up people like that. I know I can't, but <laughs> well, it, and I head. understand Actually, I understand that big time, Raylene, which is why when I went to do my dissertation, I, I started this research about, you know, like, how can I get more parents and other caregivers to start talking to their children about puberty, the basics of puberty, because that's, I'm not talking about birth control, I'm not talking about sex, the act, I'm talking about the basics of puberty. And I started interviewing parents in Texas, and then I continued in Wisconsin, and at first I went in going, you people, why can't you do this? And then I realized, oh, there's barriers. There's a lot of reasons why they can't. And I did this 180 where I went more to be empathetic. And that's why I created these tools for them because the reality is there's so many barriers that exist. And one of the barriers is that a lot of these people were not taught it themselves. They were right. not taught. And if they had a family member that went to them, um, they were told scare tactics. Um, it's assumed a lot in when you see something in the media, it's assumed that I'm supposed to know this stuff. Um, and it's not, we don't talk honestly about sex. I do drugs. <laughs> we don't, you know, um, or death. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's not sex, drugs, and rock and roll. People will talk about rock and roll, but even to talk seriously about how do we teach children how to have a healthy relationship with a substance like alcohol? Not that drugs are bad because right. some of us take an Advil or something like that. But Oh yeah, say, I love it when a kid comes home from school and they're like, you're doing drugs. And I'm like, <laughs> I will beat you and put you in a closet. Stop it. No, I'm kidding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. I'm like, thanks school. You know, and the kids are like, my mom does drugs every night. She has a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and, and we, as a health teacher, we talk about, yeah, we, I've seen your mom. I, <laughs> I, I can understand. <laughs> I've met you. I know why your mom drinks. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised it's not more than a glass now. <laughs> no, we actually, we're, we're very aware of, you know, like if you talk about tobacco to say that tobacco, anybody that does, it's a loser. No, because we have so many kids that have family members that use right. tobacco products. I so. still don't understand that though. I'm like, how, how people have you not quit by now? Like I smoked yes. for like 20 years, uh, 17 years from like the age of nine, by the time I got to high school, I was a pack a day smoker. And then I quit when I was 27, right after I married my husband. And we, with all that we know, why is anybody still smoking? <laughs> Why is vaping so popular? Right. Oh, that's even worse. That is, yeah. I mean, the fact that right now, like I, as soon as we found out about this virus, this back in March, I said to my students, if you're vaping, stop right now. Right. Just stop it. You know, it's not good for you. No, but I don't understand it. No, no pain in the ass. All right. I want to know about your app. Okay. Can, can I ask how old your children are? Uh, 21, 29 and 33. Okay. Cause and I, I knew they were older. So this, if they had children, it's really neat 
for them to use with children. The app, it's called Talk Puberty. And I purposefully named it Talk because I want to encourage talking, talking as a verb not a talk that it's a one-time occurrence, sex, uh, sexuality, all those topics. It's a continual thing. You go through these changes and once a parent or other caregiver recognizes how many changes there are and not just physical, mental, social, et cetera, they might feel overwhelmed. So it's like, okay, how can I do this piece by piece? So the talk app, it's available right now on Apple products. We're working on it for other products, um, but we have these parts on the app and it's basic questions about puberty, questions about most girls, questions about most boys, other questions children ask, and then my personal favorite, the open-ended questions. Mm, yep. So for four of these parts, like the basic questions about puberty, uh, you would open it up and it's very, it's very simple and we wanted it to be simple. Um, it's a question like, what is puberty? And I could show it to you, what is puberty? Yep. And then you slide to the next and there's a simple answer. It reads puberty is the developmental phase of a child's body maturing into an adult's body. So it's simple. So if I'm with, um, with a child and I can, I've had health teachers use this in the classroom. So they'll see a question and what is puberty? And they'll, oh, what do you think it is? And it leads to discussion. And then you go to the next slide and there's an answer. And so it goes over the basics. So from hair growth, um, to like acne and um, genitals maturing and maturity overall. And then when you go to most girls, it'll go into questions about um, breast development and a bra, if you choose to wear a bra and menstrual cycles and menstrual products, that kind of thing. For most boys, it goes into um, more about voice changes because it's more noticeable, um, but then other things with hair growth and shaving, um, but erections, uh, ejaculations, you know, wet dreams, that kind of thing. The last section about other questions, it goes into questions um, that children will typically ask as you're having a puberty talk. And they might ask something about, you know, why does the doctor um, check this part of my body? Um, why, uh, I'm trying to get to one, why do people's genitals look different from one another? Um, you know, is body, uh, body part size important? Um, what's the difference between biological sex and other things? So it's, it's a tool that if I'm sitting with a child, I can go over a couple of questions. Um, and if I see that my child is like, okay, I've had enough, then you end it. Um, there's also questions on there about consent. So, yep. um, and if a parent is listening to your podcast, please look up on YouTube, Consent for Kids. It is a great little video clip about how to talk to little kids about consent. You know, if you don't want to kiss Aunt Sally, that's cool. Don't kiss Aunt Sally. You know, we have these bubbles that we feel more comfortable who we can be closer to and not. Um, yeah, I do and, that a lot when people are like, oh, you know, kiss Grammy or give Grammy a hug or, you know, give, uh, you know, Aunt Raylene, you know, somebody might have titled me Aunt, Auntie Ray Ray, Aunt Raylene, give her a kiss and the kid will shy away. Like, no, no, give her a kiss. And I'm like, no, 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 she doesn't want to. She absolutely does not have to kiss me. Like, yeah, it is fine. Yeah. And I'm an advocate for that because it's like, if you see the research of what goes on with teenagers, some of them think they have to do stuff. And it's right. like, no, 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 no. And I'll flat out say, listen, in my relationship, if my partner wanted me to do that, no, 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 no. And if he's angry at me, then he's not my, the right partner for me. 
Right. We'll have to talk about it, but too, maybe this isn't a long-term thing or something. You know, it's about your, your boundaries and communicating those. So the other thing on here, which is really neat, is that um, it reminds parents about all the topics. Um, you can go at your own speed. Um, and there's resources that's listed in one section. But then the open-ended questions, it leads to discussion. Um, and I'm going to tell you one, but the other thing that, and I've had students use this in the classroom with cards. And what's neat is the students will complain about the questions. Kids will complain, like my neighbor's kids um, back in Wisconsin could complain, but they were still talking about the subject. So I don't mm -hmm. care if they were making fun of a question. It's right. a way to get people to talk. So for example, the first open-ended question on here is, what is the best part about getting older? Oh, all right. Sex. Yeah. <laughs> and then what's the most challenging part? Sex. <laughs> Just depends oh. on what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, these are the, that's fantastic. And I've um when I talk to my kids about sex, and one thing that I always tell parents uh is um if your kid asks you a question about sex, you have to answer it. Because if you don't, they will go to somebody else for the information and you will lose control of the conversation. Yeah. And so because I was very open with sex because of, you know, what I do for a living, my daughter would always, I learned this secret a long time ago. And I think, I don't know if it works for every kid, but with my kids, if I want them to talk, I just turn off the radio and I don't say anything. So we're driving down the road in silence the and then eventually they will start to talk because the silence is killing them. And yeah. you get all the good information when that happens. And so that my daughter would ask me questions and I would answer the exact question that she asked. And then I will say, do you have any other questions? And either the answer was yes, or the answer was no. And then we either continued on with the conversation or we turned the radio on or whatever. Yeah. But it was, I love that I gave my kids a place to ask questions. Now, because of what I did, I was also very cautious about it. And I told her, you are not allowed to talk about sex in school with anybody. Okay. But if you hear somebody say something that you know is wrong, you have permission to correct them. Uh -huh. But you are not going to be the kid that everybody comes to for, you know, like, I don't want your name in sex in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> so can I ask, was there ever a question that surprised you that you were asked? Yes. Um, and I have talked about this on other podcasts before, and it is, it, it's, it's one of the reasons I tell people you must talk to your kids about sex. I had done the condom conversation with my daughter in eighth grade because I already knew there were kids in her school who were going further than I would have thought yeah. was appropriate for eighth grade. But, you know, it gets younger and younger every year. And so I had, I brought out the, you know, Mr. Dependable, the, you know, rather large uh, suction cupped dildo. And I, you know, handed her the condom and I said, open it up. And she goes, ew, it's slimy. And, and I said, now, you know, and I said, put it on. And she looked, she goes, I don't think it's going to fit. And I'm like, that's what every boy is going to tell you, but it will. Uh -huh. So put it on. And she goes, how far does it go? I said, all the way to the base. And then when she was done, I unraveled it off of it. And I put it over my hand. I said, listen, it will fit. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, any other, and I said, when you take it off, make sure you never pull it by the tip. Um, my favorite thing is she, she looked and she said about the toy, are they all that big? And I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, in, 
my comedy show, I say, I swear to God, I got three more years of virginity out of her just, just from, just from that one scary thing. Like, yeah, they're all the, let her figure out for herself that that was a, a much larger than the average guy. But then, um, afterwards I had told all of her friends, all of her friends, parents that I was friends with, that I had done that, done that. And they all said, would you do it with, could you do that with our kids? And I'm like, if it's okay with you, I will absolutely have this talk with your kids. So I go and I do the exact same thing. What the next time the kids came over, one of my, one of my daughter's friends says, so I hear we're going to have the talk. <laughs> let's, let's go. And I'm like, okay. okay. So I got everything and uh, they put it on, they took it off. And I said, do you have any other questions? And she said, yeah, what's the deal with anal beads mm. in eighth grade? Yeah. And Oh, yeah. So then I, I, I say to people, because if you don't talk to your kids, you don't know what they're hearing from other people. Mm-hmm. And there was a little boy who would come home, I guess, I mean, I don't call him a little boy. He was eighth grade, you know, um, but he would come home and get on his dad's computer and watch porn. Yeah. And so there were these graduated bead necklaces that were all the rage eight years ago. And every time she wore that necklace, he would say, that looks like anal beads. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I just, you know, gave them the factual information. Some people get, you know, pleasure from anal stimulation. Beads got to be, and I, I actually did my jokes like I do at my parties. I gave them the information. Yeah. And I'm like, do you have any more questions? And they're like, nope. And they went out and did their merry rest of the night. But that, uh, that stunned me. I really did not expect that question. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, much earlier I had done the we were in the car and one of them had brought up blowjobs and she thought it was just blowing on the penis. And so I corrected her. And so I, I don't remember what it was. I think it was my birthday or something this year. She wrote on my Facebook wall. Thanks for being the person that taught me that blowjobs didn't mean blowing on a penis. So <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, okay. I think yep. she texted it to me. I don't think she put that out in the world, but yeah. I was like, yeah. So, I mean, because you don't want, you just want them to have the proper information. Yeah. And they already had the questions. So it was silly that somebody wasn't answering them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why like this app is really for parents. And there's a second one uh, potentially coming out called Talk Before Sex. And that one is going to focus more for teenagers and young adults, as well as family members to talk with their kids about other things regarding sexuality, because we need... Families yeah. need tools to do this. They, if they, right. if they haven't been taught and they think that a one-time conversation or use condoms is enough, it's not. Right. And you also need to, we covered this one in my first episode. You also need to tell one. them how to take care of condoms. You can't just leave yeah. them in a 90 degree car. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember that from listening to your, your episode and the car. And I think also the wallet was said, no, there's something, oh, the, and the pocket, whatever it was said, is like, yes, you know, because these need to be stored appropriately. Right. Yeah. We don't want to get holes in them. No. You don't want to, you know. Yeah. I remember seeing a picture once upon a time about a mom had taken a condom and stuck it to her kid's um, cork board and said, make sure you use this. And it was like, well, you just stuck a hole in it. Just stuck a hole. Do you know, one, one time I was talking to a high school class and we were going over proper steps of how to use a condom. And there's this cool activity that um, a buddy of mine, Dom Splendorio, um, he helped create and we did it at a conference and stuff. But we actually had these um, foam fish 
and it would have a step of a condom, how to properly use it on the foam fish. And we had like magnet eyes or whatever. And the students would sit in a circle and go fishing for the steps. And then they would have to put it on the board in order. So after going, and it's really interactive, the students are engaged. Um, and so I can actually leave the room if I wanted to, but you can't. Um, but there was one student <laughs> that after we went over the steps and I talked about that there has to be an air bubble in a, um, you know, a new condom that when you squeeze that little package of a, a condom, there's a little air bubble. And she's like, excuse me, no, no, that's not true. There's no air bubble. I have a condom right here. And even before I can say, don't take it out or you don't have to take it out, she had it out. And she was a sexually active teenager. She was um, a year or two older than the other students because she had to take the class later or whatever. And she took it out and she's like, look, no air bubble. And I'm like, really? And I said, hand it over. She gave it to me and I was turned it over. There was a rip in it. Uh oh. And I went, look. And she went, oh. And I still have that. I mean, this is years later, but I use that to demonstrate um, that students think they know this stuff. And she looked at me and she said, thank you so much. You just prevented a pregnancy. Hmm. Yeah. Like, no problem. That's, that's my job. That's what I yes, want. You my to job. Know. You know, if you want to get pregnant, that's another thing. But a lot of us typically don't want to when we're older. I'm, uh, well, excuse me, when we're younger, when we're yeah. younger. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got, I got pregnant after high school. I got married very, very young and I got pregnant right after I got married. Well, it was actually three months, so it was, there was no question about whether or not it was a honeymoon baby, but I was still only 18, and I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, it, it worked out fine, and the, the kids have grown up, and they seem to have done all right, but I wouldn't recommend that. However, on the flip side, now I'm 52 years old, all my kids are out of the house, and I can party. <laughs> I, can, <laughs> I can travel, I can go places, I can get my shit done, mm -hmm. but you know. I wasn't yeah. in a stable, we were married, but we were not in a stable, happy marriage. And so, I don't know, it was, so I'm on both sides of the coin. I'm like, it's not going to ruin your life, but it's sure going right. to make it hard. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's more like when we talk about goal setting in the health class, it's like, well, what are you hoping for? And certainly if it's unexpected, okay, it's unexpected. So how do you deal with the situation kind of thing? Right. So, Yeah. I, um, I, I mean, I just love talking about sex and I, I, I'm just, I hate it when I come up against somebody who either they're too shy or embarrassed to talk about sex or doesn't know anything helpful. Yeah. Like yeah. they just don't know. So what are some of the most common questions children ask about puberty? Well, they'll ask why, why do I have to go through this? Um, they'll ask, um, a lot of boys will ask questions about periods. They're just intrigued, like, what goes on? Does that hurt? Uh, you know, is there like, and they think at times that like this blood comes gushing out. It's like, no, it's a slow process. Um, so they're really curious <laughs> about that. menopause and then it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. That's a little different. We don't go there though with them. We don't want right. to tell them that. Um, just leave your mom alone. If she looks mm -hmm. like she's annoyed, just get away. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Um, they wonder about moodiness. Um, how come some of them get so moody? Uh, they wonder about the feelings down there, you know, why? And what's interesting is I know that there are some people with vulvas that are like, I thought I had my period because they don't know about the, um, the vaginal discharge or the lubrication. Right. Um, that can happen. And when you ovulate two weeks beforehand, and I remember 
myself being in middle school, high school, when I would be sitting in class going, oh my God, I think I got my period and I'd be paranoid, but it was the ovulation. Right. You know, the two weeks beforehand, I run home and like, oh, but um, so they ask a lot about the period, the menstrual cycle, um, about what dreams, uh, how, um, oh, and how do you handle if you have an erection in class? That's a good one. I've always wondered, how do you handle that? Because I've seen it happen to guys before and I'm just like, I would never want a penis just for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> if I had one, I would protect it. I would be like, this is a sensitive organ. I would be wearing the cup all the time. Like, I don't understand why some people punch each other in the groin. Right. I never, and I'll ask that to kids. I'm like, why do you do that? Oh, it's hysterical. Unless you're the one being hit. I don't yeah. understand that. So. I had a, some poor fellow in my health class once the teacher was doing CPR and had him lay on the desk. And so she was pretending to do CPR on his chest, but the more she pressed on his chest, the higher the other side of his body got. And it was really <laughs> obvious. And I still, to this day, I feel so bad for him because uh, nobody in that class has forgotten that. Yeah. <laughs> That's why teachers need to remember, like, if you're like, okay, Johnny, why don't you go right up on the board today? No, no, like to let them have a pass because, yeah. you know, they could be thinking about a race car. They can be thinking about a crush. They can be thinking about nothing. It might be the air that just came into the room okay. and so, and to be, um, to cool about, to be cool about it. Um, yeah, those are a lot of, I mean, there's so many, um, I know that for a lot of girls, when they hear about the menstrual cycle, there's this paranoia of, oh my God, say if I get it. And um, what do I do if I get it in school? Uh, well, you can go to the nurse. Well, say if the nurse is absent and say if the nurse is a man and say if my teacher is a man and say if I'm wearing white pants and they create all these scenarios and it's like, listen, you're going to get path, past this. All of us that have had a period will say, you know what, we've stained our underwear here or there. It's okay. You don't throw yeah. it out. You wash it. You rewear it when you have another period. Um, you'll get through it. My poor daughter was at work last summer. And, uh, she, she had a blowout and she called me at home. She's like, you need to bring me an, a, you know, another pad, another tampon, another pair of underwear and another pair of shorts like now. And mm -hmm. I was like, and she had done everything she was supposed to do, but you know, just busted through and it's part of life. It is. Yep. And, and it's important if we teach, you know, if we teach the boys to not make a big deal out about it you know, or like, oh, you're bleeding, ha -ha. like, it's yeah. knock it off. Yeah. It just, it is what it is. It's not it's fun. Natural process. You've heard about those menstrual cups now too, right? Yeah. That's, I'm trying to get her to switch to a cup. Yeah. Well, boy, if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and your cup tilts, that's yeah. <laughs> always back yeah. up. And then there's those disposable cups. Yeah. I, I didn't like the disposable that. ones. You know what, though, if somebody um, was on a special trip, like on a honeymoon, and they right. got their period, they can still engage in sex and be yeah. wearing that. I have a backup. I have two cups of like the one that I use that's in my bathroom. And then I've got the one that's in my purse for the unexpected days. Okay. But I'm trying to switch my daughter to cups because her periods are just simply too heavy. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, just do it. Yeah. Yes, there's a learning curve. It, the first two periods, you're going to be like, ah, I don't know if I like this. And then once you get used to it, you're going to be like, I can't imagine going back. And yep. so for me, it's been like a year and a half. And now it's like so easy. Like, yeah, you know, 
Easy, easy. I can do it in the middle of the night without even turning the lights on. Uh-huh. I can do it in a pub. I can do it in a porta potty. Dump that's and roll. That's pretty good. And that's a small yes. space. Yeah, that's a very small space. But if you're at a football game and that's your only option. Yep. <laughs> and you don't want to throw away your $60 cup. You figure no. out how to use it. Yeah. yeah. So I do love the cups. Now, you know what? This I don't I don't know if this is even a question for you, but can you use a cup if you uh, still have an intact hymen? Will it work? Will it go up high enough? Can you get it past that? Well, I know that there's different sizes of cups. I would think a medical professional would guide the person. I would think yeah. that. I'm not 100% sure, but I would think um, like a gynecologist would be able to direct someone. Yeah, because I know that um, my daughter had an imperforate hymen and she couldn't even use a tampon. It just okay. wasn't going to go in ever. Yeah. So like if a tampon can't go in, I'm pretty sure this cup's not going to fit in there either. <laughs> I would think the disposable ones, because those are, it looks like a diaphragm. It can go in yeah. pretty easily. That one, yes. But yeah, and it's funny when you tell tell little kids about those tampons, they're like freaked out. They're like, where does that go? Right. That's the other thing they're curious about. Like, how yeah, does that well, fit in there? Well, that's why when I did the, the toy, you know, and she's like, oh, are they all that big? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not all that big. It's quite, quite possibly the meanest thing I ever did to her. But <laughs> if, if you believe they're all that big, they're not. They're not. Yeah, they're definitely not. They're not, not on even a, not even on a good day, you know. So yeah, uh, what about, you said they have questions about hair. Yep. So I was not a, I mean, I, they, I grew up in the eighties, so we were a fluffy bunch. Uh, and then by the time my oldest started going through school, everybody was full on waxing. And uh-huh. so then all of my daughters got taught by my oldest daughter, how to take care down there. And they all did the full on waxing and ouch. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but it's even, um, cause I'll, I'll say to my college students, I'm like, what's the deal with like, if you have chest hair, you know, if you're one of the guys with the chest hair, why, you know, I met my partner and I saw his chest hair, you know, sticking out of his shirt. And I was like, Ooh, he's a man, you know, that attracted me, but they're removing so much. And certainly the media has something to do with that, but you have to, um, I'm forgetting the name of the product, but there's shavers, that remove that hair for people with testicles and penis. And then they have toner for that area as well Uh as deodorant. Yep. Oh yeah. There's a bunch of, there's a company called ball wash. There's there's a bunch of them. And I'm like, wait, wait, manscaping. Yes. That's what it is. Manscaping. And it's like, why don't you just take a shower? You know, that's going to resolve a lot of, you know, you can save your money. So yeah. Yeah. I, um, comedy is, one of my comedy bits, I say, don't ever shave your testicles without giving your partner uh, a warning. Like, because now we are in the middle of doing stuff and we're hot and heavy. Then we reach down and we're like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> uh-huh. Who replaced man testicles with toddler testicles? What the hell? You know? yeah. yeah. And then when it grows back in, it's going to be itchy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're making me itch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So I just, uh, so uh, do we know our kids back to, uh, having hair now or depends the on the kids you know we've had this uh push too in the states of well i don't want to shave my armpit hair which is cool you know that's right. a choice so some people are just going hairy um yeah. but it seems like some people will let the hair on their armpits in the armpits and the legs go hairy but other the pubic area area they'll so remove and i'm like wait a minute why yeah. is that 
and they think it's cleaner. But the other thing that we're seeing with people is that they're, they think it's, if you watch porn, it has to look like what you see in porn and that's porn. It's not truthful. Right. You know, a right. lot of it, I know there's certain, um, uh, certain porn uh, movies that are trying to be more realistic, but then a lot of it that you see on online for free and all that stuff, it's unrealistic. Um, it's, and hair is there, hair is there. So, yeah. but I haven't heard um, much um, regarding, I, I believe that trend of removing all that hair there is leaving. But then again, when I talk to like college students, I don't like go up and go, okay, so, you know, introduce right. yourself, say your pronouns and whether or not you have pubic hair, go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just think like, I, I honestly, I think for a lot of people, they just like, oh, I'm going to the, I'm going on a cruise or something. Just getting ripped that shit out. Like, Cause that's the only time I'll get waxed. I'll go in. Cause like, I want it all gone. So I don't have to worry about the whole time I'm on the cruise. Do the armpits, do the, you know, the girly bits and then uh i'll take care of my legs those are fine i don't even care if those get fluffy right <laughs> keeps so you warm in the winter it does don't you hate it when you shave in the middle of the winter because you have some fancy event and then your legs are cold for like four days <laughs> uh-huh yeah you're laying in bed you're like oh there's all this room between the sheet and me or there's no room or whatever it is such a pain all right um do you have any other subjects that you want to bring up while you're here I just encourage what do you think if, is the most important thing for kids to know. That puberty is part of life and to allow your body to go through it. Don't think that if you have friends that are going through it, you'll never go through it. Like if you're concerned, you can talk to a medical professional. Um, the other thing is please go talk to a trusted adult please, please. When right. I know that there's some great websites out there, um, amaze.org, there's kids health, love those websites. Yet the reality is you can be directed to other places and we don't always get the correct information. Talk to a trusted adult to get the best information. And I, I know it's more than one, but love your body. Love um, when you start going through puberty. And even as an adult, you're going through some changes you think you have to have this perfect body and would you please love your body for what it is? If you have curves, love your curves. If you have like more of a straighter body, when you know, love that, appreciate your body because you have this body and utilize it in a healthy way. Yeah. This is the only body you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say to my students that, you know, if you're not appreciating it, you're like a lot of my students are able to walk to class, appreciate that. You know, I've had a, a student that um, had to be in a wheelchair and, you know, he, he was able to direct it with the limited movement of his hand. And I um, mean, he still participated in class and everything. I got him. He was a, he's a great kid, but appreciate, he would be like, appreciate your body, go and move it, you know, take care of it. That's good advice. That's very good advice. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well done. I feel Thank like you. you know how to talk to kids about sex. <laughs> Yay! all right yeah. so how can people find you well um they can easily look me up online they can go to pubertyprof.com or Lori reichel r-e-i-c-h-e-l.com uh on my website i have information about like who i am i've actually uh consulted for school districts i redid chicago public schools k through 12 sex ed curriculum in 2019 so there, there'll be information about that um, and then there'll be information about all the puberty prof stuff my podcast the app the book 
Um, there's resources listed on there, but that's the best way. You can follow me on Twitter at PubertyProf. I'm trying to get back into doing that. Um, due to the virus, I've been away from some of the technology because I teach so much online. Uh, so I need those tech breaks, um, but I'm also on um, Facebook. I'm on the Facebook, as I say on to my Facebook. college students, <laughs> on the Facebook, and they look at me like I'm old and I'm like, I'm okay with that. I do that stuff on purpose. Like when I do a comedy mm -hmm. show, I'm like, so uh, I recently started smoking the pot again. Right? <laughs> and then, and I like, say that too. I'll go. Yes. Not that I smoke the pot. I'm not right. saying I smoke here, but, um, but, I, and I've, I've never smoked. Um, but I always say, you know, if you're going to use the pot, you know, if you're on the right. Facebook, <laughs> it's just putting that extra the, and it makes like people think that. it's hysterical. Yes. Just for the record, I also don't smoke pot usually, but <laughs> I had, I hadn't in like almost 20 years. And then I went to Jamaica mm -hmm. and then I had some funny stories about what happened when I was high. And so I was like, but then I, I, you know, I went right into, yeah. So uh, I was in Jamaica. So I had some of the pot. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, I tell my partner when I'm 80, when I'm 80, you'll do it when you're 80. So probably not, you know, maybe I'll try gummy. Yeah, just make sure you give it time. The mistake okay. everybody makes is they take a gummy and they're like, I didn't feel anything. And then they take another one and then they're high as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> just got to give it time. <laughs> and I do speak from experience on that one. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So uh, you can find me on standupcomedysexed.com, RaylenTaskowski.com on Instagram. I'm standupcomedysexed. And I have a Facebook group just for this podcast. So you can participate in polls, ask questions, and politely share an alternate point of view and generally let us know what you think of this episode. So search for Stand Up Comedy Sex Ed Podcast on Facebook. So please subscribe to the podcast wherever you are. Share it with your friends. Let everybody know that we're talking about sex over here. And if you have comments or questions, feel free to message me. I really love some of the comments that I'm getting. Um, I would say approximately every third episode, I think, why am I doing this? I'm going to stop doing it. And then somebody will message me and say, thank you so much. I'm learning so much. Thank you for talking about sex. Thank you for Good. making things normal. And then I'm like, okay, fine. I'll keep doing it. So if you want to keep hearing the podcast, you know, like, subscribe, share, message me. Let me know that you're enjoying it. I appreciate it. So thanks so much for coming on the show, Lori. I'm looking forward to going back on your show. Thank you. Yep. I'm going to be connecting with you real soon because I'd like to hear more about your experiences with puberty and advice that you have for others. So thanks so much for having me and thanks for doing your podcast. People need information. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Take care. <laughs>